I'm Siobhan Barnes, ex-commercial and corporate real estate professional turned leadership and life coach, supporting high-achieving professionals to step into purpose-led careers without having to sacrifice their soul, sanity, or steady paycheck. I've coached hundreds of professionals to figure out their unique path to create meaningful success that feels as good on the inside as it looks on the outside using my signature aligned achievement method. In this podcast, I'll share how you can get clarity on your unique path, how to make an impact and step into more purpose in a way that's right and true for you. Let's dive in. Today, I'm going to peel back the curtain and talk about a topic that comes up time and time again with my clients, and that is how to handle your boss when they feel like the problem and how to maintain your sanity and professionalism, even though you can't necessarily say all the things you want to say. So this podcast episode was inspired by a recent conversation I had with a client of mine who I worked with a few years ago and we got back in touch. We were just having a chat about where she is at the moment. And at the time she had come to me because she was contemplating leaving her job and she was asking the question of, should I actually just stay at home and be with my kids? At the time, her kids were pretty young. I think they were both under the age of seven. Or should I stick at this corporate career that I've been at for the last 15 years? And so in our time together, we explored this particular topic and it took a little time, but we got there and we dug deeper and we realized that what was at the heart of her challenge wasn't in fact this question. What was really at the heart of her seemingly questioning if she should be a stay-at-home mom or if she should stay in her corporate role was that actually deep down, she struggled with her boss. When we explored what she really wanted, she came to the conclusion that she wanted her independence. She was actually freaking good at her job and knew her stuff. And what was really making her unhappy on the day-to-day was a challenging boss. Now, after working together for six months, she came back into her own and she realized that she did want to stay. She was going to make some changes to her team, make sure she had the right support and the right seats on the bus so that she could drive the change that she wanted. And we explored how she could handle her difficult boss. Together, we found a way to handle this boss and how to communicate effectively, how to speak up to some pretty demoralizing communication styles, and how to manage this boss so that she wasn't bringing home the stress and frustration back to her kids at the end of a long day. So today, I wanted to share these guideposts that we touched upon in our coaching sessions to help you do the same. So if you are dealing with a difficult boss or you're dealing with, it could be a coworker, it could be a client, I just want to acknowledge that it's really challenging because number one, you know, you can only control so much, right? It's not like you can just easily walk away or say goodbye to this person. Number two, it requires some tact and delicacy in terms of how you handle that person. So I just want to affirm and acknowledge you that it's not easy where you are. And my intention behind today is just to give you the power to realize that you're in control of what's in your control, right? You can't impact how this person behaves, 
but what you can do is control how you show up and not let this person necessarily derail you and take you off track because that's the worst thing. If somebody you don't get along with is the main reason that you're quitting or you want to leave or you want to create a change, while sometimes that can be the impetus you need to make a change, you know, we don't want to give them that power. And so I want to talk about this today because I don't want a difficult boss to be a recipe for disaster. You know, in this fast-paced and demanding professional world, maintaining your sanity and professionalism is really crucial. So today we're going to talk about some actionable strategies to help you navigate the complexities of working with a difficult boss whilst preserving your well-being and your career trajectory. Because here's the thing, I've been talking about burnout a lot on the podcast over the last few episodes, and one of the biggest challenges that causes burnout is difficult relationships. So let's dive in. How do you deal with a difficult boss? How do you maintain your sanity and your professionalism? I like to put this conundrum into three buckets. The first bucket is yourself. That's you, the individual that you are, what's going on for you, what's going on in your mind, what's going on in your heart, what's going on in your body. The second bucket is the other person, you know, what they're doing, their actions, their behaviors. And the third element is how do you bridge the gap between the two? What's the relationship and interplay between the two? So I want to start with yourself first and look at you. This is the bucket that is the only thing that's within your control, right? You can't control other people. You can't control how other people react. All you can control is yourself. So two things here to support you when you're navigating a difficult boss is number one, just remembering that you are enough. Prioritizing your own well-being, your own self-care, your own sense of self-esteem, that you are good enough, capable enough, able enough, smart enough, all the enough. So often when we're in a relationship with someone who is more senior and they perhaps are not the most encouraging, maybe they're a little bit unfair or hard or critical, we can take that to heart. We can take that really personally. And it's really important to come back to the practices that make you feel good, that refuel you, that help you manage your stress. These are some of the things I've been talking about on the podcast recently. So first and foremost, I want you to know that you are enough. I don't want you to let this external person impact your self-esteem. If you need to seek out a counselor, a therapist, a coach, or someone to remind you of that, or a friend, please, please do. Remember your sense of self-esteem, your well-being. This is really, really important. And we want that intact when you walk into the office each day, right? If you go in feeling like you're not enough, that's going to impact your thoughts about yourself. It's going to impact your behaviors and it's going to impact your actions and ultimately the outcome of how you show up at work. And I want you to go into work feeling confident, feeling enough with your head held up high and to know that, okay, this is just somebody you have to deal with and to have a strategy to manage them. So. Staying in this self-bucket is the second element, which is this proactive mindset. So coming from this place of enoughness, I invite you to think about this issue. I don't want it to drain you. I don't want it to have a grip on you. Often what I see when people are navigating a difficult boss is that, you know, that toxic workplace culture can start to creep in. That negativity can come in. You know, we might be bitching to our colleagues at the water cooler or in the pantry, and we can just find that we're constantly thinking and focusing about this person and all the things they're doing wrong. 
So the mindset I want you to adopt here is to take responsibility for your own reactions and responses. You cannot control them. You can control on the outcome, the solution, and how you're going to handle them. So instead of dwelling on the problem, the invitation is to shift your focus to finding constructive solutions and opportunities for growth. So we're going to pivot into that as I explain the other two buckets. As I mentioned, the other bucket is the other person who you cannot control. So the invitation here, when your boss is the problem or there's a difficult person you're dealing with, is to start to unpack what is the dynamic that's at play here. So before you take any action, it's essential to understand what is at play. So asking yourself, what is my boss's challenges here? What is it that they are worried about? What are their fears? What do they need to feel like they can do a good job? It's important to recognize that difficult bosses may have their own insecurities, their own pressures or communication issues that contribute to their behavior. Not defending them if they're taking it out on you, that's not okay. The invitation here is just to simply shift gears and imagine you're swapping seats, you know, sitting at their side of the table to see what they are seeing. So this perspective of asking what's going on for them can help you depersonalize their actions and instead focus on the solutions. Now, obviously, it's okay to feel emotional. It's okay to feel triggered. It's okay to feel annoyed, angry, bitter, everything. Those emotions are very, very valid. And I'm not saying don't think about those. In fact, I've got an upcoming workshop where we'll be going through the nonlinear movement practice where you can shift and change these emotions and let them move through you. So if you'd like to sign up for that, come on over to the show notes at siobhanbarnes.com forward slash 82. That's the number 82. And you can come along and feel some of those emotions. But at the end of the day, once we felt those emotions, we want to look at this from that neutral place of, okay, what can I do about this? And this really takes us from the mindset and the position of victim and helplessness to empowered and problem solution maker. That's what I really want to encourage you with today. So understanding your boss's perspective can really help. Then you want to move to the third bucket, which is bridge the gap between the two. So knowing where you sit, knowing where the other person sits, what boundaries do you need to have in place with that particular person? It's really about thinking about your role, your responsibilities, and equally getting clear on what are the expectations that are required of you. And this can really help manage the unreasonable demands, prevent burnout, and help you maintain professionalism. And it also gives you a sense of agency that you're doing something within your control. The other element which is important to bridge the gap between these two buckets is to begin to develop effective communication skills. And that's really key when you're dealing with a difficult boss. And that is going to be a whole other podcast episode in and of itself, learning how to express your concerns, your ideas and suggestions in a clear, respectful and assertive manner. And active listening is one of those skills that can really help to bridge the communication gaps and to build rapport. So with boundaries, you want to think about what are you available for? All of us subconsciously or consciously actually live in alignment with our values. And this is what drives our boundary. So if we're someone who is all about fairness and equity and justice, if we see our boss who is clearly favoriting someone else over on the team, then that might be why you're feeling really frustrated, right? It's misalignment with your values. And so you might not be available for that with your boss which then brings up the second part, which is, well, how are you going to communicate that? How can you communicate some of these challenges that you see, some of these challenges that you're facing within your organization? And there are six things that can really help here. The first is to actually get organized 
and get prepared to have this conversation with the said person. Now, obviously I'm giving you guideposts here. I don't know the exact nuances of your unique situation and who this person is. So I'm going to walk you through the six elements of effective communication. And if you think that's not going to apply to me, that won't work for me, instead of throwing this out and saying, this is not going to work for me, this is not helpful, if indeed that is the case and what you're thinking, I invite you to think, how can I make this work for me? How might I shift this to my particular boss or my particular situation, knowing that they have XYZ quality? So if you are raising this with your boss and you're having a conversation, you want to get prepared, you want to get organized for that conversation. This is not one of those conversations that you're just going to have on the fly, in the lift, on the way to the pantry. You want to have a structured conversation and you want to be able to share your point of view. So in going into that conversation, what you want to do is you want to share some of the sentiments that are on your heart, on your mind. For example, I feel rushed and like I can't do my best work when you give me a project on a Friday at 6 p.m. and expect me to deliver it on Monday at nine o'clock in the morning. I feel like X person in the organization isn't getting the same opportunities as I am to present. And I'd like to propose a solution where they could also take some ownership of Y project. So in this example, you want to use I statements instead of you statements, right? It's so easy to say, you're a terrible boss or you give me work to do on a Friday and expect it in on a Monday. That's really stressful. Or you are unfair and unjust to the team and you make me do all the work. When you change it to I statements, it takes out some of that defensiveness that the other person can feel and actually allow them to receive what you're saying. It's an example of using positive language. So after you've shared what you felt, then it's really about engaging active listening skills, hearing what that person has to say, asking, how would you have me go about XYZ situation? How would you like me to communicate with you on this project going forward? What level of check-ins and detail do you need whilst I'm implementing X, Y, and Z? So really using active listening to listen to them, but also asking questions in a really positive way and seeking clarification if needed. So if you're not sure about something, not just accepting it for what it is, but asking, you know, can you share more about that? What do you mean by that? And in that way, you can start to bring the dialogue together. And once you've heard what they're sharing, the things that they need, what's on their mind, then you can come up with the solutions that are going to bridge that gap. The solutions that honor your energy, your boundaries, and that also allow them to feel like you're a top performer, you're going to deliver, you're going to be able to be an active team member. And with these guideposts, you can begin to have some of those constructive and helpful conversations. Nine times out of 10, people want to avoid having the hard conversation raising something, speaking up. My encouragement is obviously discern your situation, but don't let this stew. Don't let yourself just hold it in. This needs to be addressed, whatever you're dealing with. If you have a difficult boss and you're considering leaving the organization or you're feeling burnt out, you owe it to yourself, number one, to look after yourself, to make sure you're taken care of so that you can do your best work and also just for your own sense of self-esteem. But number two, just realize that if you leave it and you let it go, you might get to a point where you do have to leave. And then that's not an ideal situation for your employer either. Not saying one is more important than the other, but I'm just sharing that it's important to know that these things, if left unsaid, can ruminate, they can fester, they can get worse and contribute to that toxic workplace culture that is kind of becoming a little bit more prevalent off the days of the pandemic. And speaking up, being proactive, 
seeking clarifying questions. Even if you end up leaving and going somewhere else, it will do wonders for your sense of agency, your sense of self-esteem, being able to back yourself, because these are the qualities that you'll need to practice and engage no matter where you go, because we cannot control who we end up working with. When we work at an organization or we change teams or departments or industries or whatever it might be, you cannot control who you work with. And so these skills are super important from a personal mastery perspective. And I want you to have a go at this, have a practice of this now before you feel like you have to leave and completely uphaul and change and do something different. So there you have it. Today, we've spoken about when your boss is the problem, how to maintain your sanity and professionalism. And we've spoken about how you can begin to look at this by looking at the three buckets. Number one is yourself. Number two is the other person. And number three is how do you bridge the gap between the two? When looking at yourself, remembering that you are enough, you are capable, you are confident. And to have this mindset of how can I take control of what's within my control in the situation so that you're shifting your focus to finding constructive solutions and opportunities for growth. In looking at the other person, beginning to understand what is it that's going on for them? What are the dynamics that are at play? What's going on? What's most important to them? And when it comes to bridging the gap between the two, thinking about what are your boundaries and how can you effectively communicate with that said person? Now, if you find that you have the conversation, it falls on deaf ears, nobody listens, nothing changes, then that's really hard. Number one, you've tried something. But number two, I'd invite you to think about who else you might want to communicate this to, whether that be another member of the senior leadership team, somebody in HR, having an opportunity to debrief with a mentor, not letting this sit on your shoulders for you the whole time. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please remember before you go that you are here for a reason beyond merely hustling, grinding, and merely surviving. You matter. You matter.